Shout to the latest internet sensation. Nine. We are YOLO. YOLO. Can I say hi? Hi. Seven. I think we need to stick to a plan. Six. I just got bitten by a bullet. I don't even think Five. I have to react to that one. This Four. is Triple M's Summer Breakfast. With Seb Costello and Lawrence Murray. A little bit chilly this morning, though, uh, just riding in um, with the shorts. I thought I couldn't really do this much under 10 degrees. It was 12 <laughs> this morning. Uh, I'd have to get some thermals on. But uh, I'm very excited, Seb, very excited indeed, because she's here. Taylor Swift is in Melbourne. Right. Um, okay, you've been building up to this moment, haven't and you? And, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, players going to play, 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 play. They are. And uh, some people, they're haters and they're going to hate, 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 hate. So uh, I don't know which side you fall on, if you're a she, player she, or a hater, Seb. But she doesn't see much grey area, Taylor Swift, does she? No. Well, you know, If you're a hater, that's all you do. That's if you're a what player, you do. you're very busy doing that. Yeah. No in, sort of uh, distinguished or different personalities. There's no grey area. Mm. Um, so... Oh, that's uh, that's me done for today. I'm uh, I'm going to be <laughs> going home and making a sign and uh, <laughs> and taking to the streets <laughs> with my Taylor Swift sign. Now, yesterday you were telling us how Maggie, your lovely young daughter, mm. was after a sibling. Have you begun the process? <laughs> have I begun the process? Well, <laughs> no. It's we all... ask the hard hitting questions here. It's a it's a very good question to ask. I hope we're not going to have daily updates on this. <laughs> Is there a baby in mummy's tummy yet? As Maggie requested for Christmas, um, she, of course, is uh, suffering from whooping cough at the moment. And according to the doctor that uh, vaccinated my wife and myself or gave us boosters yesterday because it's highly infectious, um, she said that there's no whooping cough in Japan because everyone gets vaccinated. They're very keen on the vaccination over Mm. there. So you can't even get the booster drug because nobody needs it. So there you go. That's the whooping cough uh, Baby in Mummy's Tummy and Taylor Swift update this morning. (laughs) (laughs) And you discover things about uh, your on-air partner, as I'm discovering about you, Seb, and you about me, and that is that we both love to sing, and we're not the greatest singers in the world. We have recorded you singing Michael Jackson's Ben Ben, down the the phone line to our producer. I don't like my singing being played on the radio, Lawrence. Very much in the um, mood of South Park's Cartman. I don't know why this is amusing to so many people. It is. It's, you've got, and I, your, I your singing think, teacher actually uh, tweeted in to say that she was very proud to hear you singing on the radio. Well done. I actually think a law has been broken here, Lawrence, because that was recorded without my knowledge, and I'm going to be consulting my lawyers if you ever play that again. Hi. Okay. Mm. So, um, a, 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 an actual law, not the law of client privilege. Ah, okay. Is that what, yeah. I thought you were going to say not crimes against music. (laughs) Crimes against humanity. So we both love singing along, and a song that has taken us absolutely by surprise is the Triple M Summer Breakfast Jingle. It is so catchy. You got a bit hype? That's amazing. Thirsty Merc, is it? I got the lyrics wrong. Uh, Triple M rocks your summer. Triple M rocks Melbourne. Well, it's only the fourth day in. You've got time to learn the rest of the lyrics. And we also noticed yesterday, Lawrence, that our favourite Irish reporter hyphen... Don't make unnecessary journeys. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. And don't swim in the sea. Incredibly... People have been slotted in the water here in Black Rock and Salt Hill. 
Now, she has actually been turned into a song herself. Mm. Theresa Mangan. Thanks Mangin. to the internet and auto-tune and all that. And yesterday, Lawrence, we decided to combine the two into a completely new Triple M summer theme. We're going to play that after the news. I was dancing up the stairs uh, of Flinders Street Station yesterday with my friend Darren Casey going, Triple M rocks so hard. <laughs> he goes, what is that? And I said, it's the theme from our summer breakfast show. And he goes, oh, right. So, yeah, it's in there. It's a tremendous theme. Oh, it's great. It is fantastic. And we were having a little bit of a muck around yesterday, inspired by the RTE reporter, Theresa Mannion, who was reporting on Storm Desmond that was happening over there in Ireland. I love Storm Desmond. Absolutely. And as all good internet viral videos go, this one has been made into a musical remix. Don't Okay, I think that's enough of that. You get the idea. <laughs> that's right. That's it gets you shuffling straight away. That is pretty bad. And pumping your fists in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> it really kicks in. It's very Berlin underground dance club, that one, isn't it? So we, uh, we of course, decided to honour Teresa as well and sing along with the uh, summer breakfast theme. Yeah. And we've made, apparently, somebody's made a mashup of us. Well, we were, exactly. We were mucking around in front of the microphones yesterday, mm. inspired by Teresa, inspired by the summer theme, as you say. Our audio producer, Dave Collins, got a handle on it. AKA and he's apparently DC. worked up a little bit of a, well, a little bit of a hybrid Lawrence Mooney. We mm. haven't heard this yet, though. No, we haven't heard it. And uh, it's nice because when you're talking off air, sometimes they leave the mics on and re- record what you do say. Mm. So there might be some, you know, bootleg stuff about people we slag off mm. when we're off air. But, you know, we got this. From Point Cook to the CBD. Woo. Don't take unnecessary journeys. Belgrave and Ferntree Gully. Don't take risks on treacherous roads. Over there <laughs> in Brunswick and Fitzroy. Don't swim in the sea. Triple M rocks summer. <laughs> Triple M rocks your summer. That's... Not bad. It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no. You're in fine voice there. A true credit to Dave Collins, our audio producer. But my goodness, why do I keep singing into these microphones? Because you want to sing. The song's in you. I I, I suggest the dance might be in you as well. Is that right? Yeah. And I think that you want to perform. I've got the music in me. Yeah. I I can see you in a big blockbuster musical. (laughs) Just West Side Story. Head of the Jets. I don't know. I reckon there was a lot of auto-tune put into that little <laughs> remix that Dave Collins has put together. Well done, DC. That was very enjoyable. On the weekend, Seb, uh, there was a knock at the door. In fact, it wasn't even a knock at the door because I opened the door and there was two Jehovah's standing there. And uh, I was just on my way out and I said, oh, g'day. And there was a tall young man holding up, I think Awakening is the name of their or, or watchtower, maybe? Best-selling magazine Home. and uh, a young woman and he said oh, hi I'd like to you know tell you about this publication and uh, discuss God with you and I said listen mate I'm just on my way out but thank you very much for coming around I decided to be as kind and compassionate as I could be because I know that a lot of people would answer that door and give them the uh, the bums rush, as it were. I've never had it happen to me. Right. When you do tell them you're not interested, are they like those people who are repping for charities in Burke Street Mall, or are they pretty good with it? They let no, you, they leave you alone. Charity beggars are a different thing altogether. Mm. And any charity that has beggars out on the street in their t-shirts, going up to you, going, "Hey, how are you today?" and they're just backpackers actually making a commission. That's another story. No, they're actually. Um, quite calm and they're okay with you to say no, but some people are 
open the door and abuse them. Other people pretend to be having sex behind the door and play all sorts of nasty tricks on the Jehovah's. So uh, I said, you know, thanks very much, but no thank you. And, you know, may your God go with you. And it's like, oh, thanks. See you later. Off they go. And I thought to myself, how passionate are those people to go door to door? That is their faith and their belief. Am I passionate about anything enough to go and spread the word? Like today after the show, am I going to get on my bike and start knocking on doors going, hi, I'm here to tell you about beer. I don't know whether you've ever heard of it, but it's a delicious kind of fizzy drink and it makes you feel good after two, Uh, (laughs) better after four. You know, am I passionate about anything enough to go and do it door to door? Well, we're seeing it at the moment with our football club, Lawrence. They Mm -hmm. are sending people door to door with letters for members apologising. Exactly. Apologising for the last few years and spreading the good word of the bombers. Yeah, and it, it kind of like I thought good on the Jehovahs first of all for going door to door. Is there something in your life, Seb, that you wanted to share with somebody that you were prepared to knock on the door and say, "I've got some, I've got the good news, and here it is." I want to tell you about Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> There's Zinger Burgers. <clears throat> I've had too much of it. There are original recipe. Mm. There are 11 herbs and spices that are so secret, I can't even tell you what they are, Mm. but they will change your life. And just on a point of order there, is it still Kentucky Fried Chicken officially, or is it now KFC? Because I've heard this as as an urban myth, and I'm a little bit off topic here because we're talking about things you're passionate about, but I heard the state of Kentucky was charging licensing laws for using the word Kentucky. Fair dinkum. And so it's just KFC. Either that or they don't want to use fried anymore. <laughs> I was going to say, who owns the license to chicken? Or that it's not always chicken. <laughs> so, I, no, I don't know. It's it's one of those. It's uh, they, They're KFC now. I don't know whether it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, yeah, hyphen saying yes. I'm, they're KFC. It's KFC. Yeah. But you want to spread that word. It's a good word. Not every day, obviously. Eat responsibly. But mm. it is certainly something that'll change your life. Shall we see and if it, anybody else have got some passions out there? And it marries beautifully with beer too. Yeah. So what <laughs> are you <laughs> We're gonna get on passionate enough about to go door to door to spread the word? Like a Jehovah, spreading the good news. Uh, you know, Are you prepared to knock on the door, look someone in the eye and say, I want to tell you about this? What are you so passionate about? that you want to spread the word door-to-door style. Mm. Ray at Roeville, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Mate, what are you passionate about? Um, I think I would uh, grab the old seven-string guitar and rock around to our houses, door-to-door knocking, and uh, sell some heavy metal riffs. Oh, sweet, uh, Ray. So the love. Yep. You'd knock on the door, they'd open it, and then you'd just rip into a nice... What riff in particular? I'm thinking that... Uh, I've got a little uh, practice martial and battery powered, so mm. it's a little bit tinny for the seven string. Doesn't quite drop the bass, but <laughs> just knocking on the door saying, I want to share the love of some riffs, drop it into a B, a dunk, 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 and doing the old triple and rock your thunder. How good's that? That's a screamo version <laughs> of the theme. Well done, Ray from Roeville. Mate, I would be converted if you showed up at my door. Mm. I mean, I like heavy metal already, but when you've got somebody like Ray taking up the cause, the, the good word of heavy metal riffs is going to spread yeah. like wildfire. Love, Ray's love of death metal. Let's go to Luke. Morning, lads. Luke. Uh, here um, Today, I'm speaking about my passion for bacon. Don't All know right. if you've heard of it. Yes. No, we Tell haven't heard more, of it. Tell us more, Luke. What is this thing, bacon, Luke? Well, you see, you can have it as a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner. Mm-hmm. You can even have it in a salad. You know, you want to spice it up, throw some little bacon bits in there. Here's a problematic question for you, Luke. Can you describe to me what bacon tastes like? 
sure. It's, um, you know, when it cooks and it sounds like a round of applause, it tastes like a round of applause. Yeah, oh, and a round that of applause is, for you as well. Great. Got a few tweets coming through too. Uh, we've got Schmick who says they've tried to spread the Metallica gospel. Should mm-hmm. start door knocking. So maybe Schmick and Ray could go together. Absolutely. I was thinking Metallica when he said heavy metal riffs. Mudwagon on Twitter says Choc Lamingtons and Big M's. Yep. And you're a, you're a chocolate fan yourself, as I can tell by that half-eaten chocolate muffin there sitting on the counter. Just saving a little bit for later. <laughs> Need a bit for the second hour. Just a little taste. And it's always a good feeling on the first day of a test, Lawrence. It is indeed. Uh, a lot of anticipation. We're taking on the Windies. Sir Kirtley Ambrose has said uh, all he needs to do is take a couple of early wickets. Then our middle order will collapse. So uh, we've got to show him that uh, that's not the truth. And the exciting thing is James Patterson, the wild Pattinson, rather. Thank you. Uh, it, the wild thing is back. And I saw him take a bag of wickets a few years ago at the MCG. Then he's uh, battled with injury. So he's back and hopefully he can storm in and, and do some damage. They're calling him the X Factor after a two-year layoff. Two years, mm. yeah. And uh, he's changed his action a little bit. They're saying that he's still bowling at speeds of around about 140 to 150 Ks. So he'll be out there to prove himself and hopefully his body can stand up. Now, a lot of people criticising the experience of the West Indies and not giving them too much of a chance. And Steve Smith was asked yesterday if he'd like to see a whitewash. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we want to win this series 3-0. But look, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough series and hopefully our boys can continue playing the way we've played so far this summer. I like that. Although when everybody's talking about how bad your opponents are, the pressure is on to deliver. Mm, indeed. Can I just take, do a little journalistic point of order there? Mm. A whitewash is a political cover-up. Clean sweep is um, defeating your adversary in sport. We were talking about the West Indies. The skipper, Jason Holder, is trying to get his team up. Um, we're only human, I guess. We're supposed to get offended by things that people say, you know, but... At the end of the day, we haven't been at our best. You know, we haven't been near our best in the, in the recent past. You know, but I still have faith that we can turn things around. There One of the go. great things about the Windies uh, touring is those beautiful accents. Oh, it's great. We love a Windies accent. You could listen to Michael Holding or Jason Holder mm. in this case talk about anything. I, I reckon you need to. If you've got a new baby, having a West Indian cricketer in the room with the cot just talking would yeah. soothe any child. To It'd sleep. be great to have a West Indies cricket um, meditation CD. You know. <laughs> All the greats, Clive Lloyd, Viv, Michael Holding, relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> we should work on that. Very pleased to have the company of Scott and Alex Pendlebury. Good morning. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having us. Now, mate, you recently signed a five-year contract extension, one club player for life. That must be a good feeling. Yeah, it was. It was good to get it away. It was a few days before our wedding, and um, so obviously it was a bit busy at that time of year, but it was great to um, secure the future for another five years, and um, really looking forward to what we can achieve in that time. Now, uh, Scott and Alex, I've got to declare my ignorance here. Uh, when I heard that Scott and Alex Pendlebury were coming in, I thought, oh, the brothers, they're uh, opening a gym together. Lawrence Clearly, Lee. Alex, you're not Scott's brother. Uh, no, you're the... a beautiful woman who is now his wife. Yeah, the unisex name might have got you there. <laughs> it, did. it caught me by surprise. You recently got married in Bali. How was that? It was amazing. Um, yeah, it was really good. Great. And uh, when when did you come back to Australia? When did you? Um, we come back for two days, and we went on a honeymoon to um, New York and Hawaii. So nice. And then I think we've been back now for three weeks. I've been back into training for 
two and a half weeks with the club, so I had to come back to start that. I don't think Bucks would have been too happy if I didn't rock up. Fair enough, too. No, exactly. He's a hard taskmaster. Bit of change down there at the Pies, too, with some new guys coming in. How's Jeremy Howe and Adam Trelaw settling with the group? Yeah, they're both in the rehab group at the moment. Um, you know, I think Trelaw's coming off um, his hip surgery that he went and got done by himself. And, um, Jeremy by himself. Howe, nothing yeah. to do with the Collingwood Football Club. We'll just put a disclaimer um, on that. Yeah, but both guys are fitting in well. Um, this time of year is always... A lot of hard work, but a lot of fun as well. So both guys fitting in well, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes when the season starts. Hopefully, they contribute a fair bit. And there'll be a lot of scrutiny on Bucks this year. Of course, he's out of contract. We see the Hawks are looking to stitch up Al Clarkson. Hopefully, the same happens for Bucks. But you'd obviously be backing him to continue. Oh, absolutely. I think the journey that he's been on and the process he's started would be a shame for for him not to see it out. And I think. Um, I don't want to put words in the club's mouth, but surely that will get done um, sooner rather than later. We'll get on to Ed about that one. And you guys are now spreading your wings a little bit into the business world. You've opened a new gym. Yeah, we are, I suppose, into the business world, but very much in line with our passions of of working out. And, um, you know, even when we're in New York recently on the honeymoon, we we did a lot of uh, research into gyms and and the culture they've got over there. So, um, you know, we've joined with Progression Fitness Club in Melbourne, which is sort of the outdoor premier facility in Melbourne. And, We've created a warehouse space in Cremorne that will open in um, Jan the 6th, so looking forward to that. And for a lot of Melburnians who went, hold on, Cremorne's in New South Wales. Cremorne is a little <laughs> tiny part of Richmond, just nestled in there. And this place sounds amazing. You've got a three-lane athletics track, a big spin room, and a 30-person sun-kissed yoga loft. Yes. Very New York. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I think it's it's funny. I said to Alex the other day, um, I'll probably be in that sun-kissed loft more than anything doing right. yoga and Pilates <laughs> to complement all the training we do, but... Um, no, it is. It's exciting. Um, we're trying to put everything under one roof and we understand in Melbourne there's a big need for fitness and um, we want to stop everyone having to go from you know the gym then go do a spin class and yoga. We want everyone to just be able to come to one one place and that's what we're trying to offer and um, yeah, it's very exciting. So it's the one-stop shop. Now, I've, I go through personal trainers like I go through psychologists and uh, I, I like the ones who don't shout but they do the push push rather than feel the, the silent, burn silent treatment <laughs> i like the silent treatment rather than the michelle bridges what's your preference do you like to be yelled at or or whispered to oh it depends how hard you're working if you're not working hard i'll yell at you right um, okay but if i think you're tipping in tipping in and um you know one of the other owners ben is a very good trainer and um you'll pick up on that but I'm sure if you come down and, and get into a class, you can you can suss it out yourself. Right. Feel, take the experience. So. <laughs> Alex, before we wind it up, I did want to ask you, you guys have obviously been together for a while. You're married now. Does life change at all or do you feel the same? Um, the same. <laughs> no, not much changed at all, really, um, apart from the title, Miss to Mrs. Yeah, yeah, yeah very and, good. And getting yeah. confused as brothers. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that only happens here. Well, it's called the Progression well, Fitness Club. It's in Cremorne, one of those beautiful suburbs of Melbourne, Lawrence Mooney, like Deep Dean, that don't really exist but kind mm. of do. It's like down near like Richmond. Dennis. Yeah. Where's Dennis? Dennis is uh, Northcote, Fairfield. Right, mm. okay. Don't know how we got onto this. <laughs> Scott and Alex Pendlebury, thanks for joining us on Triple M. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. Cheers. Yesterday was a really significant day for Victoria Police. I read the words of the Chief Commissioner. I apologise formally and personally for the discrimination that has occurred to our employees, both current serving employees and past employees, for the experiences they have gone through. And the man who made that apology yesterday joins us in studio. Good morning, Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton. Yeah, good morning, Seb. Uh, Graham, let me start with some very difficult words, mm. rape, sexual assault, pressure to have abortions, discrimination. 
all of this, all of these revelations came out, uh, prompted from uh, by an inquiry from within. But how do you win back the confidence of women in the force? Well, we have to do that, Lawrence, with with action, with action from. And what we saw today was the start of that action by facing it for what it is, by hearing those stories, those experiences that our people have been through, and then moving on that. So what we've done was a year ago was ask the Equal Opportunities Human Rights Commission to do this bit of work for us, uh, to look at our organisation, and they've done that, and they've given us a lot of recommendations to action, so we're going to do that. We're going to re- implement all those recommendations, and we hope that that will be the action that will build the confidence. Why was this so important for the organisation? Oh, absolutely critical, Seb, because we had, uh, and particularly uh, women in the organisation, we had leaving too often, too many mm-hmm. women leaving this organisation. We, we um, recruit more women than men into the organisation and yet we still have low numbers of women in the organisation and simply we, we have to reflect the community if we want to police the community and it's important women play such an important role in policing. We want to keep women in this organisation. They shouldn't have to experience what many of them have experienced. Absolutely, and uh, if I was, you know, the parent of a of a young woman who was thinking about moving into the police force, I suppose you've got to win their confidence too, because you are guardians of their children. Yeah, I said yesterday, Lawrence, and I said, look, what I think that the confidence that if you're if you're a young woman thinking about joining the police, uh, what you can what you can have confidence in is unlike a lot of organisations, unlike a lot of industries, we're addressing this issue. This issue is not just in policing. This issue is across society. Mm. We've shone a line on it, a light on it in policing, but someone thinking about making a career in police, joining the Victoria Police, will know that we're an organisation that's serious about dealing with it. And I commend you for being upfront about that too. You know, we have seen this in the church. There's been allegations of cover-ups in the Catholic Church, but the one thing Victoria Police did yesterday was front up and try and own this issue and try and bring about some cultural change. Were you yourself shocked by some of the anecdotes that the Commission discovered? Yes, certainly. When you see those experiences in one document altogether, uh, it makes for a shocking read and a saddening read when you see what people have been through. Uh, well, I guess I wasn't surprised also because uh, a year ago, seeing uh, the task force that we'd set up a year ago to investigate these sorts of matters within, uh, started seeing the matters that were coming through that task force uh, it certainly prompted us to say we've got to take action and take action now, which is what we did with the Veriok report. Uh, so I guess I wasn't surprised, but certainly shocked as hand. Yeah. Will you be pursuing charges or criminal investigations out of what was uncovered? Well, we have been, yeah. Over the last year, we've got a number of matters underway with Task Force Salas, and uh, it's, uh, uh, they vary from time to time depending on where matters are at, but any one time, I think at the moment, it's over 30 investigations are underway in there. And charges will follow from those, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, tremendous uh, healing go on from this. And like I said, it's, uh, it was an inquiry prompted from within by your predecessor, Ken Lay. And uh, you strike me as a, a very matter-of-fact, uh, no-messing-around kind of a guy. Do you think this is going to create a domino effect for police forces across Australia? Well, that's, uh, that's a good question, actually. I was first time I've been asked that one, uh, but it's one that certainly occurred to me. And uh, I briefed the other commissioners around the country, mm-hmm. uh, my, my colleagues around the country, about what we've done. And there's certainly a lot of interest in that group to say, look, we, we need to have a look at our organisations and make sure we're doing the right thing as well. Because, as I say, this goes across organisations, it goes across the community, it goes across society. I'm sure it's going across police forces. Just wanted to ask you about the enterprise bargaining agreement that's currently going on between the government and the police association. We see 
strike action is possible next week. Some of those strikes, for example, are to use the police cars to tip off motorists as to where the red light cameras are, where the speed cameras are. <laughs> Which when... I think is a great use of police resources. <laughs> are you confident services will be up to standard if these industrial actions go through? Oh, yes, I am. Uh, I mean, we, we could see uh, work bans from next week uh, uh, under the uh, Enterprise Bargaining Agreement process. They're all lawful bans and they're bans that... Uh, have been uh, worked through in the past, and uh, we're confident that the community safety impacts from those uh, are not going to be there. So, uh, we, we're you know it'll be part of the process. It'll certainly impact on on revenue for government, as uh, as Lawrence points out. <laughs> le- well, it's not a bad uh, leverage, is it? Because last time uh, this kind of action was implemented, I think uh, it cost the government eleven million dollars. It cost a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And but, can you get someone uh, in your office, Chief Commissioner, to yeah. just look up how much of that $11 million was provided by Lawrence Mooney? <laughs> yeah. Would you like me to do a warrants check as well? That's anything outstanding. at all? We need something outstanding about this program. Uh, I'm very supportive of the thin blue line, Chief <laughs> Commissioner. <laughs> Good idea, Ryan. It's terrific. Well, Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton, congratulations on your work in this space, and we hope the culture continues to change in Victoria Police. Good on. Thanks for your support, guys. From Point Cook to the CBD, don't take unnecessary journeys. Belgrave and Ferntree Gully, don't take risks on treacherous roads. Over there in Brunswick and Fitzroy, don't swim in the sea. Triple M rocks summer. <laughs> Triple M rocks your summer. Wow, Seb Costello, what fine voice you are in, my I'm friend. I'm doing more singing than talking on the radio at the moment, and that's not good for anybody. And. Uh, You are on Summer Breakfast with Seb Costello and me, Lawrence Mooney, and I'm excited, Seb, because Tay-Tay's in town. She's uh, held up in the Grand Hyatt and she'll be performing tonight at Amy Stadium. And do you know what? You are nodding your head in absolute incredulity, but that gender split in the audience will be 50-50, screaming girls, and guys who are there because they want to be, but they're pretending they're going along to see Vance Joy or that they were forced by their wives or girlfriends. At five past eight, Lawrence Mooney, why are you a Taylor Swift fan? Oh, 1989 is a super album. <laughs> and uh, I love the message, you know. Player's going to play, 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 play. Player's yeah. going to hate, 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 hate. And uh, it's as simple as that. You want all the other. Also, you know, um, if we've got bad blood, why don't you sing about it? <laughs> I, I love. I, I reckon it's a really great album, and also the fact that it's been covered by Ryan Adams. He he's done a superb job. But Taylor Swift, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you get involved? She's from a very wealthy family, Taylor Swift. Yeah, her dad bought a record label yep. down in Tennessee to record her as a country music artist. She failed there and then became a pop artist. So, yeah, she hasn't really struggled. <laughs> She's well, been given it. There is a theme here, though, and we talked about it uh, referring to Ed Sheeran earlier in the week, that there are those things that deep down you secretly like to do, but mm. you use the missus as a bit of an excuse to get away with it with your mates. Absolutely. And uh, I've been guilty of it myself, and I'm going to big reveal here. Here. I enjoy going to have a pedicure at a nail salon really? where, you know, the uh, the ladies file off your heel with a little potato peeler kind of a thing and then they uh, they trim the, the cuticles around your toes and, and they'll even put some lacquer on. I'll go clear. Sometimes I'll take a colour. And uh, if I was to be seen in there, I would say, yeah, I've just come with my wife, so just want to do things with my wife. But the thing is, it feels good. I love it. And uh, I want to be there. So I'm blaming her for it, but um, 
I'm going to own it today. I love pedicures. <laughs> do you and Lulu go down there together? Absolutely, we yeah, do. Yeah, good. Yeah, and there's no shortage of nail salons on High Street Armadale to choose from, so we can pick and choose. But what are you really enjoying and using your wife as a cover for? Lawrence, are you going to Taylor Swift tonight? I've revealed too much. I love pedicures, uh, and I am going to Taylor Swift. And <laughs> I actually look up the set list uh, to find out what songs are going to be played first and last. Hold on a moment. I don't thought I knew you. <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> Spoiler alert for people going to Taylor tonight, uh, or Tay-Tay, I should say. First song will be Welcome to New York, which is the first song of the 1989 album. We all know that. And the final song of the encore, of course, why wouldn't you finish with it? Shake it off. The joy You're a your... hater. I can see it in your <laughs> and eyes. And I'm going to hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Let's go to the Triple M open line on 13353. What do you do that the missus makes you to do that you deep down secretly love? Todd at Lara, good morning. Seb Lawrence, how are we, boys? Good. I am, and I'm going to say this bravely, a avid Gilmore Girl fan. Uh, how <laughs> articulate are those Gilmore Girls? I love it. I love the... Uh, the the, the banter and the uh, the rapport that they have with each other. It's, uh, and then just Sookie comes in there and throws in a little quick. Yes. On you, Sookie. Good on you, Todd. Thanks for your call to Pasco Vale and Miles. Good morning. Good morning. I'm, um, I love uh, the old rom-com. Mm. The city in particular. But the funny thing about it is that she's my ex now. Actually put a stop to me choosing the DVDs for the uh, video nights because I was bringing home too many romantic comedies and she just got sick of it. So too many chick flicks and uh, she put the kibosh on it, Miles. Can you give us your favourite romantic comedy? Uh, probably Love Actually, but we can talk about this for an hour if you wanted to. Oh, well, Love Actually. Who hasn't seen that 12 times over the last, you know, 10 Christmases? <laughs> It's an absolute ripper. It's become the Christmas movie, hasn't it? It has become the Christmas movie. One of the movie. networks puts it on generally around Christmas Eve. You mm. sit down with your hot cup of Milo. If you're in the UK, if you're here, you've probably got a can of Coke or something, and you enjoy. And, of course, the Hugh Grant storyline is my favourite of all time, the, the British PM. Good on you, Miles. Nathan from Broadmeadows, what are you secretly loving and uh, using your wife as a cover for? G'day, fellas. Um, I ended up at the Lion King musical. Loved it. That was awesome. It was Kuda. <laughs> and uh, singing along with a bit of Kuna Matata. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, mate. <laughs> Amazing costumes in that show. A very fine example of what Disney can do on stage. To Craigie Byrne, Anthony. Yeah, g'day, g'day boys. How's it going? Loving the summer breakfast. Been That's great way. so far. Um, it was actually last night. We just moved into a house. We're, we're unpacking. Set the TV up, and um, if I was to watch it by myself any time, I'd probably be called a dirty perv. Right. But the um, the boss she wanted to see Kendall Jenner in the Victoria's Secret mm. um, pageant thing last night, and so I got to sit down and watch that with her. I believe and that's I called a life hack, Anthony. You figured out <laughs> how to live when you can get the missus to endorse you watching the Victoria's Secret show. Mate, it was brilliant. I just pretended I wanted to see Kendall. We know it's brilliant. The mm. surprising thing is that the missus allowed you to watch it. Yeah, I know. I was surprised she wanted to watch it. So see? I the Kardashians for once. Yeah, so uh, all you have to do to ratchet that up is sit there in your Victoria's Secret underwear and uh, <laughs> then you're right on song. <laughs> I see you trying to get my attention, Mr Mooney. No, I was just... Uh, putting my hand in the air because we are about to talk to one of the cricketing greats. Mm. Uh, 
with the test starting down at Bell Reve Oval in Hobart today and uh, Kurtley Ambrose saying that our middle order is a little bit soft, we're going to speak to one of the experts and that man is Mark War. Hello, Mark. G'day, guys. How are you? Pretty good. So uh, do you agree with Kurtley, first uh, up? Uh, are we a little bit soft in the middle? No, I don't think so. I mean, Kurtley's just trying to drum up a bit of confidence in his own side, so he's playing games. That's actually the most I've ever heard Kurtley Ambrose talk. He never spoke when, he, when I played a game. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a good character. Um, no, I'm, I don't think so. I mean, Adam Voges has been in, in great um, form mm. in the more middle order. Sean Marsh showed some some really good touches touches there in Adelaide to to win the game for us. So, no, I'm not worried about our batting at all. I think probably the West Indies probably need to worry more about their batting than ours. Actually, bit inexperienced the West Indies batting lineup, that's for sure. What about James mm. Pattinson back in the side, Mark? Yep. He's got that aggressive streak trademark to fast bowlers, and surely it's a good thing to have him back and firing in the baggy green. Yeah, looking forward to seeing him bowl. I mean, he's a great young talent, James Pattinson. He's had a few niggling injuries, obviously, over the last 12 months. But, you know, I, want to, I just want to see him unleashed. You know, he's like a big puppy with a lot of energy. You let him go and he'll, <laughs> he'll just run around all day. So, you know, he's a, he's a, a fast bowler with a lot of aggression. And, um, you know, that's, that's the sort of bowler you need in your bowling attack. Um, we've lost Mitchell Stark and Mitchell Johnson in the last month. So we need someone with a bit of sting there and a bit of firepower. So I'm sure he's going to do well. And what are the characteristics of the playing down in Hobart? Was that a happy hunting ground for you, Bell Reeve Oval? Uh, it was, yeah. I think I, I made 100 there against New Zealand in a test match. So but, what I did uh, there, Mark, I just let you... Did How did you go down there? I'll let you get that one out. Yeah, no, I went well. Yeah, no, I got 100 <laughs> down in Hobart. <laughs> Um, but, you know, it's, a, it's an excellent ground. I mean, the, the ground itself's been sort of um, remodelled the last few years. Uh, it's a good pitch. Uh, hopefully the crowd will get out there and watch the game. Um, but it's it's a great place to play cricket. If the weather's good, um, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place. There was some talk of dropping it off the test schedule, though, Mark. They were looking at Canberra as an alternate. Which would you prefer? Well, they're talking about dropping Perth and Brisbane off as well. So that's three, <laughs> three venues that are gone. <laughs> but... Um, Oh, look, I think both places are, um, are good enough to cope with Test cricket. I mean, Canberra's a sort of a, a venue where, you know, the Big Bash final was played last year and there was a crowd of about 15,000. So, you know, I'd like to see them both at some stage, um, you know, have Test matches there. But at the moment, Hobart's a traditional um, venue for Test match cricket. It's, it's a good venue, so... We just need the crowd to turn up and hopefully the West Indies will put on a bit of a show and you know everyone will enjoy it. Absolutely, mate. Before we let you go to, what are you expecting here? A 3-0 all over Australia's way? Oh, look, I don't want to get too overconfident because you know, sport can come back to bite if you get too overconfident. But, I mean, if you look at the form guide, um, you'd expect Australia to win 3-0. That's what I'd be expecting anyway. It'd be a major surprise if uh, the West Indies won a test. Mark War, Triple M's cricket expert. Thanks for joining us. Good on you, boys. Speak to you later. Mark Wall, they're one of the true greats of Australian cricket, Lawrence Mooney. I and spoke about your football career yesterday. Were yes. you much of a cricketer? No, uh, never never much of a cricketer. A little bit frightened of the ball, I've got to say. Uh, and also, um, I think I was classified as an unco at school. Right. Hand-eye coordination wasn't the best. Is so, that expression uh, still used in playgrounds, I find myself wondering? Uh, amongst other politically incorrect expressions, <laughs> unco being the kindest of them. Mm. I reckon we just about invented the DRS down at the Costello family holiday home in Blair Gowrie when a friend of my dad's brought one of the early camcorders down to a game of backyard cricket right. in the early 90s. And I, well, I still to this day say I didn't snick the ball, but we ran inside with the camcorder, hooked it up to the old TV, <laughs> and the vision showed that as a 
I think I was eight, maybe eight or nine. Right. There was a definite noise when the ball passed the bat. Right. So you uh, you were the forerunner of Snicko. Yep. We invented the DRS down right. at Blair Gary in 1992. <laughs> well, uh, I think you probably should hit up the patent office and uh, see whether you can pull anything down on that one. That's a good idea. I'm getting a few tweets in, Lawrence. One from Alexis Dace, who is the mm. crime reporter, my colleague in at the Nine News team. And she says, my ears are burning. Please don't sing anymore. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. Every summer has its big hit song, Seb. Yep. Uh, I'll take you back to 2000 when it was Who Let the Dogs Out. Um, but this year, I think it's going to be our summer breakfast jingle. Yep. Triple M rocks your summer. It's really got into people's hearts. They're singing along with it in the street. You can hear them on the train and the t- tram humming along. Um, not only has that grabbed our attention, but also we've we've been moved by Teresa Mannion's reports of... Um, cyclone Storm, 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 Storm Desmond. Desmond not Cyclone Desmond Storm Desmond don't make unnecessary journeys mm. don't take risks on treacherous roads and don't swim in the sea and that uh, came from the weekend a reporter from RTE in Ireland and because I know that you love to sing and I love to do impersonations, we've married the two together. Oh, we're not going to play yeah, this again. We've got to play it again because um, no. we were mucking around after yesterday's show. We were just riffing. Uh, it was yeah. like a jam session. Can we just leave the, this stuff from to the Thirsty Beatles Merc- or the Stones? Oh, no. And uh, we've made this. DC recorded Lawrence, us. We're supposed to be mates. <laughs> I'm not throwing you under the bus here, Seb. I think this has some artistic merit. Let's just- from Point Cook to the CBD, don't take unnecessary journeys. Belgrave and Ferntree Gully, don't take risks on treacherous roads. Over there in Brunswick and Fitzroy, don't swim in the sea. Triple M rocks summer. <laughs> Triple M rocks your summer. Now, you, you shouldn't be ashamed of your voice, Seb. That, that is hard rocking, beautiful singing. I need to just stick to talking on the radio, Lawrence Mooney. I'm looking out our window on Clarendon Street, and I reckon a pulsar has just crashed into the side of the chemist (laughs) having to listen to me sing one more time. But it's not the first time you've sung, is it, on this show? Because we you, also recorded you. If you play this, I'm walking out. This is your. This if, is probably no, what your colleague's referring to. He's gone. Put the headphones down. God, you're really pulling at my heart. We both found what we were looking for. There he is. I have. I have made Seb Costello walk out of the studio. We've seen vision this morning of anti-racist rallies where people in reaction to Reclaim Australia are taking the Australian flag and they're they're burning it. Now, it's obviously a contentious issue. Some people feel very strongly about our flag. I'm not particularly married to it, but I think that uh, wearing it as a cape or a turban to the cricket or as an item of clothing is is as disrespectful as burning it, and I think it should be the the domain of a government institution or the military, full stop. It should go up a flagpole as a ceremonial thing. And uh, so the, the, the flag debate, obviously, is a hot one. What we want to talk about this morning is... Do you want to change it? Because New Zealand is about to go through a referendum, Seb, mm, they where are. they're going to decide on whether to keep the original or go from, I think, four new designs, which will incorporate the silver fern. Mm. Now, In, you were saying before that our flag perhaps isn't quite as old as we might think. No, it uh, it was, first of all, designed during a competition in Federation, but it wasn't used officially uh, at either the First World War or Second World War. It wasn't made official until 1954. 
and that's when it was you know incorporated by the government as our official flag. So it's not as old as you think it is uh, officially, and and Canada moved away from their flag in the sixties and went with the beautiful big elm leaf, and and New Zealand's about to go with the silver fern, and so we will be the last British colony to incorporate a Union Jack on our flag. Well, is this, it time? Yeah, I mean, this has all come out of the Shooter and Fishers Party MP, Daniel Young, who is looking to introduce laws into Victoria's Parliament that would make the burning of the Australian flag a specific offence. And I don't, I, I disagree with that. I think, you know, uh, the burning of the flag isn't something sacrilegious from, from my point of view. And uh, I know that you feel differently about I that. I disagree. And especially for people to do it at an anti-racism rally where they're supposedly there because of inclusion and mm. because they want to draw people together, draw races together, and then to go out and destroy something that means a lot to a lot of people is divisive in itself. It's provocative. It's inflammatory, if you excuse the pun. And I would support Daniel Young. I think, I think look, it, it upsets a lot of people. I don't see why it's necessary to burn the Australian flag. Well, it is obviously reactionary to Reclaim Australia who are adopting that flag not only as the banner under which they march, uh, which is wrong in itself because so many Australians disagree with them, but also as a face mask, which is disrespectful to the flag. Um, and so, yeah, it's a reactionary thing that they're they're setting out to, to burn it. I don't think it should be an offence. I think we live in a country where you should be free to express yourself and unless you're endangering somebody's life or property, then you should be able to burn what you want. One triple three five three. Give us a call. Do you support Daniel Young, the Shooters and Fishers MP, who wants to make burning the Australian flag a specific crime? Lawrence, I take your point on freedom of expression, but we do now have a lot of laws, like the Human Rights Charter, for example, that do legally bind us not to say certain things. Yeah, and I suppose in a way, if you were going out to burn somebody's holy book, whether it be the Bible or the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita, you know, could that could be seen as inflammatory as well. So I take your point, but I still think that you should be able to express yourself without being, you know, without racially or religiously vilifying someone. The Shooters and Fishers MP, Daniel Young, wants to make burning the Australian flag a crime in Victoria. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, good morning, uh, Sir Lawrence. So I, I have to say uh, this is a very controversial debate, but mm. if we look at it in its simplest form, okay, regardless of what flag we have, currently we have obviously we have the Australian national flag. Yep. Uh, I'm not here to discuss whether or not we're going to change the flag. What we're going to discuss is obviously what uh, uh, the issue is, is the actual burning of the flag. Now, I have served 18 years in the military. I'm a devoted officer. I'm now a retired veteran, having deployed 11 times. We've had 42 soldiers killed in action, and there is nothing worse than the moment when we have to do a repatriation of a soldier who's paid the ultimate sacrifice, in which case we have the opportunity to drape their coffin uh, with the Australian national flag in which they're paid uh, with the ultimate sacrifice. Now, for someone to go to a rally to protest and to say, hey, we're actually trying to come together against uh, racism, religion, everything mm -hmm. and anything, I then burn the flag. I agree with Seb. It's almost a, an insult. Now, it needs to be a criminal offence, not just in Victoria, but around the country. I agree now, with you, Anthony. And if I can just say, no, Lawrence, yeah, go, you've got Seb. something to say. But, Anthony, thank you for your service. And they were powerful words. I can't imagine what it's like to have to repatriate and go through that process. And, Anthony, uh, obviously that symbol is very powerful and sacred to you. And without wanting to diminish the service, isn't that kind of why 
the military fight for our freedoms so we have that freedom to express ourselves. And if that means burning a flag, uh, as the case may be, isn't that part of protecting our freedom? Yes, well, we live in a democracy, okay, I agree with that. And I even, uh, obviously, when I was commissioned, I agreed that I would obviously serve the country so that would have our civil liberties. But there needs to be a point in time that our fighting for our country means something. Now, for those who are, oh, I'm a first generation Australian. My, uh, my parents were immigrants. They come to Australia. I chose to serve the country. Now, for those who are now migrating to our country, let it be refugee status, let it be, uh, they're just coming to have a better life. Allowing anyone, and I'm not saying it's about immigrants or whatever else, it's about the fact that this flag means something. Yeah, well said, Anthony, and I tend to agree with you. Point Cook, William, what do you think? Uh, I agree with um, Anthony 100%. Um, I'm a returned serviceman myself, 10 years. Mm. Most people around the traps had known me as Husey. I buried three of my friends, and I carried the coffin of one to his family, draped in the Australian flag. Now, when I see protesters burning the flag, it's not just an insult to servicemen and women, but to the families. Well said, William. Thanks. And Tracy at Dandenong. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good. Very well, Trace. What do you think about uh, this proposed law um, by Daniel Young from the Shooters and Fishers Party about uh, making burning the flag illegal? I agree it should be a criminal act, but I think, sadly, recent times, the Australian flag has become a symbol of boganism rather than patriotism. You've got a bunch of people that hide behind it and, and protest under it. Mm. Which, and really, they don't stand for what the majority of the Australians hold to their values. Good point, Trace. Thanks you for know? your call, Tracy. Appreciate that. I just think the Australian flag is the symbol of Australia, quite literally. That's what it exists for. Yeah, whatever and you think about its design, that's what uh, it's a symbol of Australia is. And to burn it is to destroy the country. It mm. is to... Oh. It is to you no, know. it's not to destroy the country. Well, but that, so. isn't that the message you're sending, though? No, it's not. It's basically. Why, why would you burn it? Well, you're burning it because maybe you disagree but, with some of the things that it stands for, and I don't think it's deliberately sending out to be. But what it stands for is the country. It's a symbol so to destroy of the country. It, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think that you know it can be given too much weight. But Anthony and William both obviously have a deep emotional and spiritual connection to it. I don't think it should be illegal to do with that flag what you want. And if it's going to be, then it should be illegal to wear it as a cape or an item of clothing or a bikini, and it should become sacrosanct and therefore remain a military symbol. Well, uh, one thing we will agree on is we should not make the Australian flag bikini illegal. That's right, and Uh, certainly not set one on fire if it's being worn (laughs) properly. That's it for another morning, Lawrence. It's been a lot of fun, Seb, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. It looks like it's going to be a great morning, too. We've got uh, Andrew Bogut on the show. Another Essendon supporter on Triple M. Really? He's a big bomber, Andrew Bogut. Can we get him out of the basketball and get him onto the forward line at Essendon? I think he did play a bit of footy growing up. Right. He grew up out in the Dandenongs out that way, and I think he played a bit of junior football. So I don't think that uh, the Bombers could probably match the fee that he's getting. (laughs) We'd probably need a few changes to the salary cap (laughs) to be able to fit in bogeys, I think about $12 million a year that he's on at the moment. And Michael Jamison from the Carlton Football Club is going to join us. Uh, And he's a lovely man, Michael. We were having a discussion off air with Hyphen about footballers behaving badly. And he used a a very age-old term that I hadn't heard for a while, which is degenerates. Yes. He said he's sick of degenerates. And normally that word would come out of the mouth of a southern sheriff in a drama. (laughs) You degenerate boy. Um, (laughs) So I wanted to work degenerates into the show, and that's my first opportunity to do it.
So degenerates. <laughs> if you're a degenerate out there, pull your socks up That's and it. behave right. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow morning. Enjoy your Thursday. From St. Kilda Beach to the MTG to your best mate's barbecue. Triple M Rockets on the Triple M Rocks, you